1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Let's bring in Jay Jaffe right now. And uh, Jay uh, writes for FanGraphs and has written a book called The Cooperstown Casebook, which is available everywhere. And um, this is his time of year. Jay, good morning. Keith McPherson is with me as well. Uh, how are you today? Thanks for giving us some, a few moments.
1: Hey, I'm doing all right, Sweeney. Happy New Year to you and, and to Keith as well here.
3: Hey, thanks for joining that. us. Was that you knocking? I heard I heard some knocks coming in. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't knocking. Knocking
2: on there. door, ready to go. I mentioned this is Jay's time of year because Jay does such a wonderful job, Keith, of breaking down the candidates on the ballot. And um Hall of Fame announcement comes up later this month. Uh the the ballots are all in. They'll be tabulated, they're being tabulated and will be revealed later this month. Some of them are publicly known. I think about a Third of them are publicly known at this point, uh, so you can kind of identify trends and who's in, who's not. Andy Pettit is the guy we want to focus on today, Jay, for our Yankees audience, and he is uh, at around twenty percent on the public ballot so far. It's a little bit higher than what he's used than what he's been in years past, which probably means he's coming back down to his kind of norm. Um, Listen, I have a hard time kind of gauging where Andy Pettit is. He is a true. To me, borderline on-the-fence kind of candidate. I'm curious where overall you feel about him before we dive into him more.
1: Yeah, okay. I, uh, there's, I think there's two thoughts here. One, um, you know, I spent a lot of time watching Andy Pettit with the Yankees as a fan uh, before I donned my professional hat. Uh, I've been part of a, a partial season ticket package since 1998, actually. Uh, good year to start. Um I have great affection for for Andy Pettit, He he uh, he was a, a lot of fun to watch as a fan. Uh, my heart really wants him to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, when I look at his numbers, however, using the system uh, that I have devised, that uh, a lot of uh, other voters have turned to, called Jaws, which uses Wins Above Replacement to compare uh, candidates who are uh, to to pitchers and other players who are already in the Hall of Fame at, at their given positions, I see only a tenuous rationale for putting him in, uh, in terms of the overall historical picture. And that's maybe um, mitigated a bit by uh, the dearth of contemporaries who've who've been elected to the hall. But I keep trying, uh, I'm on my third time actually voting here uh, after uh, uh, years and years, decade and a half of of analyzing this from the outside. Uh, And so far I haven't included him on my ballot. I came close this year because I had the space, uh, but uh, I still wasn't even convinced. And that's after kind of tweaking my system uh, to get a better gauge on, on on recent starting pitchers.
3: There's been a lot of talk uh, in the last two years now with uh, David Ortiz being a first ballot Hall of Famer, obviously uh, a connection there to PEDs. Yeah. Uh, what do you feel about that? and Andy and, you know, the future and, uh, you know, what's to come with the voting process and and players that, um, that had a connection to PEDs.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I think there's no uniform consensus over how to handle PED linked candidates. Um, you know, some people have absolutely zero tolerance. Some people are, you know, vote agnostic, you know, they're completely agnostic about it. Um, I kind of take a middle approach and I've been taking this approach really for the past decade plus when I was doing my, my virtual ballots and my coverage at sports illustrated before coming to fan graphs. Uh, and that is anything that happened before testing and penalties were in place in 2004 to me is the wild West major league baseball. Wasn't trying to uh, uh, to catch offenders and it was kind of looking the other way. What Andy Pettit did, uh, I think, you know, fits squarely into that time period. It seems to be pretty minor in terms of, you know, using HGH to to rehab from an injury. I, I you know, I'm not somebody who gets worked up over that. Whereas, for example, I have left Alex Rodriguez and Manny Ramirez, both of whom have are beyond st- statistically qualified for the Hall of Fame. I've left them off my ballots because they both, uh, you know, were suspended uh, for, you know, for what they did uh you know they 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 they, uh, they knew what the consequences were. Um, so I, I David Ortiz uh, is uh, you know he he's reportedly failed the two thousand three survey test. Um, Commissioner Rob Manford took the unusual step of more or less exonerating him because the, he said uh, that uh, uh, Ortiz's test is one that would have been disputed over um, uh, the actual substance involved because it may have been legal at the time. Uh, which was a step he didn't take for Sammy Sosa, whose other, whose only uh, known violation also stems from uh, being reported as the uh, uh, as being on that survey list. Um, so, I, I, in some ways, Ortiz's election is kind of groundbreaking, indicating some gray area. In another, But in another sense, I mean, we saw voters reject Barry Bonds uh, and uh, Roger Clemens. I mean, they didn't reject them. 65% of them voted for them last year, but that was about 10% short of what they needed. Uh, so I think it's going to be hard for any PED-linked candidates uh, to gain entry soon, although I think uh, a player in Pettit's position is probably – Uh, better positioned if there is some forgiveness there, Um, but it still comes back to the numbers, and the numbers are not, uh, I don't think, overwhelming uh, in, in pushing his candidacy forward.
2: Pettit's such a likable guy from a New York perspective, right? I mean, you know, you and Keith grew up Yankee fans. I mean, I covered Andy Pettit for a long time as a player. He's He always comes off as very honest and forthright. So when he explains what he got caught for, as you mentioned, uh, it, he explained it as a limited time of use, to rehab from an injury, that he was, you know, he was uh, feeling like he was hurting the team by being away and wanted to come back and join the team. Andy feels like such a good you know, open, honest person that you want to believe that that was the case, right? Um, The thing is, is though, that I've talked to people, and you can see how the voting has gone. Any linkage to PEDs, no matter how small, seems to be met with the same end result. And one of the things that kind of interested me was looking at the fact that, you know, we mentioned Bonds and Clemens, right? 65%, both of them. So, I got to feel like those are both 95 to almost 100% uh, votes if they had no connection. So, if I'm taking, if I'm just going to assume that math and say 30, they lost 30% of the votes because of their link. If I add 30% of the votes to Pettit, let's say, he's still only a marginal candidate at best here at 40, you know, 45% on most ballots, assuming that. All 30, you know, assuming that that's how many people are not voting for him simply because of that, there's still, you know, is it is it the win total? Is it the team he played on? Is it the era that he pitched in? Um, it, does the postseason count? Can it push him over the top? Um, what what can really or does he just have to kind of wait this out, Jay, and kind of be like a does he have to be a Jim Cott kind of candidate? Mm. at the end? Yeah. You know, I think,
1: I, th- I think it's, it, it's probably, you know, the, the, the Jim Cott or Jack Morris camp uh, yeah. in this, this is a guy who, who doesn't have the overwhelming numbers and really, you know, look, it starts with run prevention. Um, when the win total is gaudy uh, because he had the longevity and because he played for excellent teams, we're not going to see many guys win 256 games. Uh, you know, given the way that starting pitching has evolved here, but, um, but you know, Pettit had a had a, a three eighty five career earned run average uh, with Baseball Reference. That's seventeen percent better than the park adjusted league average. That's actually pretty good, uh, pretty impressive over the course of uh, three thousand three hundred innings. Um, it's comparable to to Hall of Famers like Bert Blyleven, uh, who stuck around forever, uh, came closer to three hundred wins. But those guys, the guys who who had who had those numbers, had at least another thousand innings top 3,000 strikeouts, um, you know, and Pennett's short there. Uh, his postseason resume has some very impressive performances. Um, you know, he's the all-time leader because uh, in several categories, <clears throat> but his overall earned run averages uh, in the postseason is 381, and, uh, you know, it's, it's about the same as his regular season average, which, again, you're doing that against top competition. That's pretty great. But, you know, it's tough to overlook, like, you know, him getting bombed twice, in the 2001 World Series, because of uh, he was tipping his pitches, and yeah. and 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 the Yankees couldn't figure that out. Uh, and it probably you know in a, in a in a series that went down to the final at bat, uh, it, it's it's easy to pin that loss on him, uh, just as it is to, to to credit him for for some of their other uh, wins. So. You know, like Jack Morris, uh, his his overall postseason numbers are a pretty good approximation of his regular season numbers. Morris got to about sixty six percent on the writers' ballot in fifteen tries, uh, never got over the hump. Uh, had to wait for the ERA committee uh, to get in. I I see Pettit as probably at best probably going that route. I think he'll survive on the writers' ballot for for the full ten years. I think he has enough of a constituency uh, to stick that out. But I think it's going to take, some, you know, maybe some 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 uh, more forgiving uh, members of the uh, era committee uh, to to get a different look at his career. You know, maybe ten years down the road or so um, to get him in. Maybe it takes even longer, like a guy like Jim Cott, who'd been what retired for almost forty years before yeah. being elected. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I think that's probably the route that gets andy pettit to the hall of fame if anything does because i don't think you're going to overcome that kind of you know built-in resistance to the ped users from the writers at this point not without significant turnover in the electorate which does happen but doesn't happen quickly enough uh to to make much change for for a, a low you know a low scoring candidate like like uh uh, like Pettit. But let's, uh, you know, if Pettit does get into the 40% range, what's interesting about that, I've studied this for years and years. And basically, if you ever get 40%, the odds are you're going to get elected uh, eventually yeah. by by a committee. Um, and if you get to 50%, uh, it's almost a certainty. It's only right. Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling uh, that haven't gotten elected. And they just had their first go around on the uh, uh, era committee ballot. Never is a very long time, uh, as, yeah. as as I like to say. Um, you know, in terms of the idea that he's elected
2: for a second there, Jay, like it's pretty clear that the players on that committee didn't want bonds and Clemens in the hall of fame. So as you know, the contemporaries, the people, the the players didn't want that group. So do you think they would look at Pettit any differently? Uh, Because I mean, that's the message I'm getting from both the players, you know, the different and other players that you talk to anecdotally.
1: Well, OK, uh, let's acknowledge the fact that the Hall of Fame chooses who, which players, which Hall of Fame players get to be on that committee. And mm-hmm. uh, I looked at this very closely and it, it certainly had the whiff of of, of, a, of a setup. Uh, you had, you know, Frank Thomas, the most vocal uh, anti-PED crusader of act among active players on that committee. Ryan Sandberg, who was very vocal about uh, uh, his view of, of PED users and was openly critical of Sammy Sosa. Um, who was not on this ballot? Um, I don't know, you know, and I think the hall heard some of that criticism, and I don't know whether they're going to act on it, but you know, over time, institutions change, new people come and you know become involved. I don't know that the hall is going to be forever be able to engineer such hardline stances among their voters. And I you know I think it's gonna open them up to criticism if 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 they're seen as doing that. Uh, because ultimately, you, you know, you don't have a fair process there. So I don't know that I don't regard anything that that we saw there as permanent, as frustrating as it may be. Uh, I do think that uh, you know you could probably get players to acknowledge that there were, you know, there was a lot of gray area, and that what Pettit did probably does fall into a gray area. Uh, you're just not going to find those guys if they're openly shouting that from the rooftops. They're not going to wind up on the error committee. So. Um, I, I, I think that's the lesson there.
3: So this just uh, dawned on me or clicked for me. Um, I've never been to Cooperstown. I missed Mariano. I missed Jeter and obviously guys before that. But uh, now we're in 2023. CC Sabathia retired in 2019. Uh, I'm going to start, you know, using this platform to promote that we game the system and have the day with CeCe and Andy together.
1: <laughs> oh, that that would be that would be wonderful. I do see CC as a significantly stronger candidate uh than than Andy Pettit because he had that Cy Young award. Uh, you know, both of them, you know, were just absolute studs in that in that two thousand nine run for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um uh Sabathia also had that two thousand eight run with the Brewers basically, you know, putting them on his back starting every fourth day a few, you know a few times in a row to help them get that first playoff spot in a quarter century um he reached 3000 strikeouts just the third lefty to do so he he scores significantly better in my uh, in my jaws system um so i'm i'm optimistic about cc i think when you look at the fact that uh we're going to go uh between uh it's going to be years between uh uh the last election of a starting pitcher mike messina Uh, and, uh, and the next wave, the guys like, uh, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw and Zach Greinke, who are still going strong and have the hall of fame numbers, but, but are, are still playing. Sabathia is going to be the only, the only strong starting pitching candidate in over the course of at least a decade span. So I think he's going to stand out. And I think, you know, he generated a lot of goodwill during his career, uh, open, open about his, his battles with alcoholism and his, his, uh, uh, remaking himself uh uh after he lost his his good fastball and battled through those knee injuries i think he has a very um uh compelling narrative uh when it comes to his his hall of fame case i certainly intend to vote for him um maybe maybe there's some coattails there that will help andy pettit but uh, we don't
2: know You know, I I mean, and CeCe, I think, would probably be the first guy to help campaign for Andy because, you know, Mm -hmm. they did enjoy a good relationship together uh, during those years. I'm wondering, you know, I know that we are beyond just the raw numbers anymore, Jay. Um, There's a, and, and I know that you and every other voter really take this seriously for people who don't understand. This isn't get the ballot, sit down for five minutes and check off. Okay, bang, bang, bang. There you go. There's a lot of deep thought and research that goes into this. I'm wondering, though, that if, If Pettit didn't sit out that year and a half, his career totals would look significantly different. You're talking about probably 275 ish wins. And Mm -hmm. add to that, you know, his 19 and maybe another postseason win. You're talking about close to 300 or maybe 300 regular season and postseason victories if he doesn't sit out that year and a half late in his career. Is that it doesn't change any of the rate stats or any of the things that you are using to measure him compared to other players. But do you think that would have mattered? Would it change his candidacy? Maybe. But you look at, you know, there for for
1: the better part of two decades that I've been, you know, that I've been doing this. We had three candidates with 280 plus wins uh, and and very, you know, varying other uh uh, peripheral uh, considerations, uh, who were outside the hall. We had Burt Blylevin, um, Tommy John, and and Jim Cott. Uh, Blylevin was the guy who, with the, you know, with the, the 4,000 plus strikeouts, um, he missed, uh, two seasons with injuries and probably would have gotten three, three, uh, 300 wins. Um, he was, uh, the, the beneficiary of a grassroots campaign from the stat heads, uh, that eventually got him in and his, uh, um, I think it was his second-to-last year on the ballot. Uh, Tommy John, despite having the surgery named after him and probably uh, missing out on 300 wins because of that uh, uh, that missed uh, year and a half uh, of injuries, although you know he wouldn't have had the second half of his career had he not uh, uh, done that unprecedented surgery. Uh, he's been on the outside looking in. Uh, and then you've got Cott, who I think really kind of rode uh, – uh, the credentials of his his uh, you know four decade broadcasting career uh, into Cooperstown is because you know he was uh, uh, he was briefly an ace with the Twins in the, in the in the mid sixties but uh, and had a uh, few big seasons with the White Sox in the seventies but you know was a league average starter for a long time and you know by the end of his career was sticking around as a lefty specialist um, you know to get uh, was it twenty five years in the majors or whatever it was I mean just pitching forever. Um, so, you know, the voters have, you know, viewed those guys differently. And I think it, it's tough to make a case for Pettit. I mean, cause so many pitchers miss time due to injuries. Um, Pettit's hardly unique. We've only got one, uh, Tommy John surgery recipient in the hall of fame. That's John Smoltz, yeah. uh, among, among pitchers, Justin Verlander will be the second, um, unless Billy Wagner, uh, cuts, cuts the line as a reliever. Um, it it's you know, you can play what if with just about any, any, uh, any pitcher who has a, who has a substantial career, um, you know, and I think Pettit, uh, you know, again, if he had pitched as well in his early career at times, as he did in those, those later years with his comeback, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe would be different. He was so good when he came back to the Yankees and, and, uh, and, and, uh, um, you know, it's it's uh, the where the experience, uh, the benefit the benefit of experience, but the uh, the sacrifice of 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 peak physical ability. Um, you know, if we'd had if like every other athlete, if they could combine both of those, they'd they'd be out of this world. And and you know, it's just one of those realities of of life as an athlete that you don't often have both at the same time, and you've got one making up for the other.
3: Uh, this is going to be long-winded, but I want to get all of this in. So <laughs> I, I just mentioned CC Sabathia, one of my favorite players, great ambassador for the game. He's also connected to the Players Alliance, who um, their mission is to, you know, help young Black kids get into baseball and also to shine more of a light on African-American players in the game. Um, That's a mission that I also have too, as a young African-American voice in baseball and just a huge baseball fan. Uh, I'd like to see more people of color get involved in the game in in any kind of way. Uh, We did get to see uh, Derek Jeter inducted into the hall of fame. I think that's great. But uh, the next guy, um, Three years ago for Black History Month, I, I did a couple uh, videos where I just rapped about different Black baseball players, and I also put some uh, research into that. And you know, there was just so many more um, heroes in baseball, like Willie Mays and Hank Aaron. Um, even in you know my younger years with uh, Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey, and uh, this guy from the Tom Amansky, um, you know, instructional training videos just got um selected mm-hmm. by the error committee um the crime dog fred mcgriff i'd like to hear you speak about him i was thrilled to see that he's going to get his day and that he will be in the hall of fame coming up soon
1: yeah fred mcgriff look uh, my system was not a was not a huge uh fan of fred mcgriff in terms of where he ranks among first basemen but um she's uh, you know uh, he was a guy who, who seemed to do everything right you know kind of quiet off the field let his bat do the talking
0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Obviously bounced around for a lot of teams, had some big years with, with, with the Braves kind of missed out on, 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 you know, a few other uh, situations in terms of being in the right could place. Could have been, been right
3: a time. Yankees legend.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> could have been a Yankees legend. Could have been a Blue Jays, could have been a Blue Jays, uh, uh, staple, uh, when they, when they won in the early nineties, I mean, you know, sometimes in the wrong place at the, at the wrong time for no, through no fault of his own. But, um, I was at the winter meetings. I heard him speak, uh, in his, uh, his, his press conference, uh, after being inducted, I couldn't help, but be very happy for the guy. Uh, I just hope, um, you know, I hope that uh, he's not the only one in Cooperstown, uh, going into, going into the hall of fame this summer, because, um, you know, if, if the writers don't, uh, elect a player and it's going to be close in terms of, you know, Scott Rowland and maybe, maybe Todd Helton, uh, uh it's going to be a much smaller celebration because the veterans, uh, you know, the, the era committee guys don't draw the crowds in the same way. I don't think, um, and even, you know, I, I so it's going to be a, a, a smaller celebration. So I hope somebody else gets in and gets, uh, you know, so that, so the, the crowds are big enough and, and McGriff, uh uh, you know, has, has his big day, but yeah, I, you know, I'd love to see, you know, Sabathia as, you know, the, the, the dwindling re- you know African-American representation in the sport is a long-term problem. And I know CC has worked as hard as anybody, uh, you know, to try to raise awareness of that and to take steps to, 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 to try to reverse that situation. I think that's just one, one more element of his legacy. Uh, and then his narrative, uh, you know I think back to all you know, all I've read about the Black aces, uh, you know the 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 African American pitchers who won 20 games and and you know formed a unique fraternity. guys like um, uh, you know Fergie Jenkins in the Hall of Fame, but a lot of them uh, just short like Dave Stewart, uh, you know CC, I think uh, as a representative of that group in the hall would be great.
2: Yeah, Um, listen, we're almost out of time here. I just want to throw this at you, Um, and and I don't think we have really time to react to it. But I just wanted to throw it out there. I I, I hope Roland gets in. I hope Todd Helton gets in. I hope Andrew Jones gets in because I think there are things here that we need to recognize that um, you know defense actually matters. We talk about it all the time in the context of a game. Why didn't reward players who are not just excellent hitters, but Really good hitters and really good defenders. The combination of the two and a guy like Scott Rowland, um, you know, Ozzy Smith and Pud Rodriguez would not be in the Hall of Fame at all if they didn't, if they weren't really good defenders. Why can't we apply some of that same logic? And Andrew Jones fits into that same mold. I think I know we had that steep drop off in his early 30s, which hurts him. Uh, and Helton, listen, I just think it's time we stop pretending that. I mean, we, we dealt with it with. I talked about a lot with Lemayhew. We've put a team in. Denver for almost 30 years and we pretend like they're not playing the same game as everybody else they are okay I understand the conditions but just be real and now you have 30 years worth of data not just a year or two at Coors Field and saying oh look at what's happening Jay I don't have more than a minute for you to react to this but this is just me kind of saying listen they're playing the same game 29 yeah. games are let's not let's stop pretending it's different
1: yeah, look, I, I agree with you on all those fronts. Scott Rowland is uh, third in uh, the defensive fielding runs that, in the metrics that I use, um, as well as being a, maybe a top 10 or 15 hitter uh, among third basemen all time. Clear Hall of Famer to me. Andrew Jones ranks number one uh, at his position in fielding runs. Um, you know, Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin, not strikeout pitchers. But uh, the you know those runs those that run prevention had to come from somewhere. Nobody played a bigger role than than Andrew Jones. Um, he outranks Willie Mays despite his short career in in, in fielding runs. Um, Todd Helton, elite hitter even away from Coors Field, and we have the we have the means to park adjust and to adjust these things for context. Also an excellent fielder as well, uh, all around value, top fifteen among first basemen all time. Clear Hall of Famer to me. I'm glad to see the progress he's made. So all those guys, I hope all those guys get in. I hope Billy Wagner gets in as well. Um, I think long-term, they're all going in. Maybe even Gary Sheffield as well, but maybe not this year.
2: Yeah, I like Wagner because I think, like, if you're just going to measure everybody with Mariano Rivera, you're going to wait another hundred years before you put another closer in. Uh, We're out of time. Uh, The Cooperstown Casebook, you can get it anywhere, probably still, I believe, and you're on Fangraphs. And uh, thanks for the time. I know this is an exciting time of year. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much.
0: Sure thanks, sweetie.
1: Thanks for
2: having me. Thanks, Keith.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.